Welcome. It's Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Val Mars. We're doing dueling questions. Always enjoy that. I hope Val enjoys it too. He's going to be on the hot seat, but then he's going to reciprocate. In fact, he gets to go first and put me on the hot seat. But thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Mike Stadium Sports Card, Burbank Sports Card, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, and ComC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. These dueling questions don't have to be about NASCAR, but I've got a feeling they might be. I've got some questions ready for Val. He does not know, and I have no idea what he's going to ask me. Val, you've been on before. We've done Hobby Hotline together. You get to go first. All right. Actually, they're not on NASCAR. But, uh, fair enough. Okay. But, so I'll give the easier, easier one. Where would you have the national? You want me to say Charlotte? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> or Dallas? Uh, actually, Dallas would be good. The problem is, until we get to two nationals, I think we're going to be stuck in a rotation that's heavily dependent on Chicago. Uh, Chicago's too good of a place. But if you did two nationals a year, then I'd like to see East Coast and West Coast and, and Southwest, let's say, maybe even Southeast. And the problem is when it's once a year, they're not willing to go to something they don't think is a sure thing that they've already tried. Chicago is the best one of the choices, but I'd hate to see it be in Chicago every year. Do you think because of the Atlanta that they're hesitant about coming to the South? Atlanta had a good one and a not so good one. We'd go to Atlanta if it was twice a year. That's okay. My question. You mentioned before that you were mainly cards and you talked about the space requirements of having uh, a, a more robust collection of three-dimensional objects. <laughs> you have NASCAR, which is really cool. That suggests like a man cave that would need to be really pretty big. Do you have an ideal or an imaginary man cave if the sky was the limit and price was no object for a NASCAR collector of cards plus, what would a man cave look like? How big would it be? Have you seen one like that? That's my first question. My old house used to have a bonus room. And I think I told you my father had worked for BP Emico. And so I have hood from Dave Blaney. That's the Emico. That's before they changed over to BP. And then some uncut sheets and, and some other stuff. But I definitely tried to limit some of that stuff only because of the mass size. But I have a few die casts and some bobbleheads. That's the other one that I like to collect is bobbleheads. There was a card shop back in the mid-80s up in New York when I used to live up there. And he had all these bobbleheads. And as a high school student, I thought those were amazing. When I've seen Mets bobbleheads, I've been picking up the, the gold base. And I think there was the green base re-release and some other stuff. So when I have my little display case, I usually have the bobbleheads and maybe some other hockey stuff that all-star baseball or hockey pucks and stuff like that. But it wouldn't be too large, but it would be enough to handle some of that kind of stuff. Okay. Fair enough. Your turn. Your question for me. Do you think that the FOMO, fear of missing out, is driving the hobby right now? What else would it be? I read something that fear of missing out is increased by YOLO. You only live once. The people don't want to miss out. They're only going to live once and they're going to go for the gusto. But the problem is you're getting on a merry-go-round. The merry-go-round may not be going around forever. All I've said is that balance out that fear of missing out with the fear of holding the bag or, or the fear of missing out on selling something. Because right now, the fear of missing out is only about, I wish I would have bought that. But now we're finding out that there are some glamour cards that have actually come down in value, or the most recent sale is not as high as the sale three months ago. And so there are no sure things. But FOMO, you're absolutely right, I think is driving a lot of it. Just it needs to be FOMO of missing out on doing the right thing, which might mean buying and it might mean selling and it might mean holding. Okay, my turn. I've got some die cast and uh, I don't have many bobbleheads. I've got some Hot Wheels. They're in boxes. What can you tell me about that? Is the bigger, the better, the older, the better? Is it driver dependent? So I've got these boxes of die cast. What would be 
in your opinion, the good stuff and these boxes of Hot Wheels? So Hot Wheels, I'm not too familiar with. And diecast, I'm not a massive collector of that. But I do have some, when I've gotten, gotten autographs, I, I've been with some of the other guys with diecast and I've saw some really cool stuff where they've had a piece of pegboard, like a piece of plywood and with all the holes in it. And then they've taken the cars and zip tied them down. So there's 10 or 20 on this piece of pegboard that they can carry around. It's got a little handle and then they'll go and put that in front of a driver and then let them sign the windshield. Yeah. So I, one person that collects diecast told me that having them sign in the windshield was a bad thing and others have them sign the windshield. Others, they just bring the windshield or if they get a bad autograph, they can put some alcohol, whatever it is, and take that wipe it, wipe it off and then come back and then try to get another one another day. But uh, I think some of the rarer ones where, what we were talking about with sponsors, you know, it used to be, you had the one sponsor, Richard Petty was SCP and he was SCP every week, but then I guess it was mid nineties, leave it to Dale and Hart senior. He was a marketing genius as well as a great driver. He ran the silver car at the Winston. And so they had some kind of deals where, which and Winston's the all-star race. Uh, so he was GM Goodwrench every other race, but then on the all-star race, he changed it up and he had a, a civil car. I remember Jeff Gordon had one that the paint color changed. It was like all different kind of colors, depending on how the light was shining on it. Then I remember that was like one of the first races I went to in Charlotte all-star race. And everybody was looking for that silver car, die cast, whatever it was in all of the vendors that come races, the big, say big circus, or it was back then where you had all these vendors come and all the haulers come in with everybody's uh, shirts and die casts and everything you could ever want from your favorite driver, keychains, whatever. And so I would say with a die cast, it's probably if you have one of those rarer paint schemes and maybe something that is limited. I think I agree. The problem is you need the knowledge to know that. And that's not easily obtained. Meanwhile, I've yeah, my boxes of those. Okay, your question for me. What do you think is missing in the hobby? I don't think collectors are missing. I don't think <laughs> investors are missing. <laughs> what's missing is product on the shelves of the retail establishments. And what's missing is product at SRP. What's missing in COVID is more shows. I think when this is all fully resolved, we're, we're going to see that collecting is at a new high, I think. Just the Dallas shows here have been very well attended. And so... What else would be missing? I, I don't know. I think it's gotten so dynamic, Val, and it's to the benefit of NASCAR and soccer and other things. When it was just baseball, basketball, and football, a little bit of hockey uh, for most people in America, it's way more dynamic now. And so the, the fact that people are taking a more of a 360 view of this is a huge hobby with uh, lots of opportunities and twists and turns, I think that's great. I'm hoping that I can't say it's people are looking for things and they're finding them. Now, if they quit finding them, like going to the Walmarts and the Targets and not finding them, that's discouraging. But so I'm not sure anything's missing right now. Okay. My question for you. I don't know if you listened to the one of the episodes I had, one of the dinners, the, the convo, and I talked about the emotional response that a collector would have either being mad or sad or glad or scared. Those are the four basic emotions. If all of a sudden, overnight, your favorite cards, your NASCAR cards that you have, as well as the one you want, ones you want, went up a thousand percent. Would you be happy? Would you be sad? Would you be scared? Or would you be angry? Or one of the guys had a fifth response. He said, I would be numb. <laughs> so if NASCAR cards all of a sudden were fully discovered by all of the American or North American or world collecting is the next great thing. And it overnight, everything went up a thousand percent. What would be your emotion? I think I'd be happy. So mainly happy, right? 
Yeah, I think so. And then also scared because it uh, had, had gone up so so much. That's one of the reasons why I do the podcast. I think the only thing holding NASCAR back is the information for product. I always said it before that nobody wants to spend their hard-earned money, or at least me anyway, if I don't know what I'm buying. If it's a cheaper price, it's a different story. $5, that's a Starbucks, whatever. But $500 is another story. People wouldn't spend a few hundred dollars on 1972 STPs if they didn't know what they were or some rare Dale Earnhardt's or, or whatever. But finding that kind of stuff for a few dollars, is not a big deal. It's that, that emotional thing. I see that a lot. And you go to the shows, people pick up stuff because there's a favorite driver or whatever. And it's a couple of dollars. That's fine. But when you start getting up there, it, it people make them pause. And so they need that kind of education, I think, or knowledge to make sure that they're not just getting taken, I guess. The house across the street from us was for sale for a long time. Very nice house. Finally, the person that bought it came from California. And they didn't know the house had been for sale for a while. All they knew was, wow, this house is so cheap compared to what it would cost in California. So I'm wondering if somebody couldn't have that same attitude with if they're used to buying scarce inserts and parallels and rookie cards from these other sports. And then they all of a sudden find a NASCAR dealer or some NASCAR cards and the equivalent superstar and rarity is one tenth the price. And it wouldn't take that much to try to corner that market or to try to buy up all the tough cards. And so you're saying you'd be happy and scared. That's Yeah. I'm a- and actually, that's probably the way it is right now, because with NASCAR, Chase Elliott rookies, Dale Earnhardt rookies, they are just very expensive considering what they were just a few months ago. Everybody's chasing this Crisco 1989 set. It's a small little 25 card set that I think you bought some Crisco products at the grocery store and then you either got this pack free or, or low thing. So you could have picked them up for only two or three dollars for numerous years. And at the show, I saw them, they were $50 a set or whatever. And meanwhile, I talked to another gentleman and he was kind of found seven of them for $15. But anyway, there's a Dale Earnhardt and 89 is considered his rookie, but he has a card in 88, but it wasn't necessarily authorized. But he has the, the 88 Max regular one as well. But the Crisco is a different picture. And the PSA cards are going for hundreds of dollars now when they might've been $50 just a few months ago. It could be the people looking at some of these other sports and thinking what a Mickey Mantle or even somebody from 80s, Barry Bonds or Clemens or Puckett or one of these guys, what their rookies are going for. And then see that the Crisco is you know rarer and you're talking about Earnhardt and a few hundred dollars is nothing compared to some of the other sports. That's one of the reasons why I moved over to racing because I thought that had so much potential and that Richard Petty and these guys are just amazing icons of the sport and just the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. For the Babe Ruth of racing, you can send a card to his shop and he'll autograph it and you send a self-addressed stamped envelope and he will sign it and send it back. So I don't know too many of the icons of the sport that'll do that. Well, simpler days. I mean, but you're pointing out why people love NASCAR. The interactivity is, is fabulous. Okay, last question, Val. Your turn. What is your favorite NASCAR card in your collection? Oh boy, I'm a more of a Dale Earnhardt guy, senior than junior. I'm more Dale Earnhardt uh, senior than Jeff Gordon. What I have on my wall is an unusual. I don't even remember what it is, but it's a Dale Earnhardt, but tough parallel that most people haven't seen. But some of the stuff I got back in the day. It wasn't contraband, but we get samples sometimes as, as when we had our magazines and test issues and things like that. It's buried right now, Val. So is I, it the one with, that you got from Dale Hart's somebody from Dale Hart with the- From Don Hawk? Yeah. 
No, I don't think so. I got it legitimately. It's not contraband. Then it's not for sale. It's just something that I think he was an amazing focused guy and passed away untimely. It'd probably be that. But I've got other drivers on my wall. I've got, you know, Petty and Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson and and others, but but probably a Dale Earnhardt. I, I haven't had to limit it to just one that I can't rotate out. I have a my wall of fame. Again, this is a big reveal is that it's not a permanent wall of fame. I can swap things out. And when I send things into grading, and then if I get something that's slightly better, I'll swap it out for that player. And I really haven't tackled NASCAR. I'm, right now, I'm working on basketball of getting uh, organized in my stuff and NASCAR's next, or maybe hockey and then NASCAR. So again, I'm a lifer, Val. I think you are too. My favorite card for NASCAR is probably going to be in flux. And I'm going to find something. Now I'm going to go look for the Criscos. And I love autograph stuff. So I've got some of that and I'll look for some more. So thanks, Val, especially for, for dueling with the questions with me. It was not all NASCAR. But again, NASCAR is worth a check out NASCAR radio that Val does faithfully. And if you're looking for stuff, again, equivalent superstars, equivalent scarcity at much lower prices. And then watch the races, especially for the newer guys. They could have top shot for NASCAR one of these days where hopefully it won't be famous crashes. But NASCAR is here to stay. Thanks, Val. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in the house.